brothers, you may be seated and for abiding steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Amen. Thank God for our board of bishops tonight. Amen. We're grateful for our first lady and all of the first ladies. We are here in our holy convocation. We've had a great general assembly and now we're in this holy convocation where we are confirming and reaffirming the things that we believe. And we've had a good time doing that. And tonight I'm going to talk about sanctification. Amen. About being sanctified. Being clean. Hallelujah. Uh, sanctification is a very important thing because uh, we got something that we live in that's not sanctified. It ain't no good. It's wicked. It's evil. And I don't like it. Hallelujah. And sometimes it seems uncontrollable. But there's a way to sanctify it. Now... All of you in here, you're nothing but a bunch of meat. You're flesh. No different than you. The only thing God did made you in his image. But that flesh of yours is just like a cow. Just like a monkey, any other animal. It's flesh. You got shoulders, you got breasts, all the animals got the same thing. And God said, if I got some meat that's dead and I got from a cow and it ain't no good. You know, I'm not talking about this stuff they don't put dope in. I'm talking about every creature God created. He said, if he created it, I can take it and bless it. And after I bless it, he'll sanctify it. But as in Second, First Timothy four and one, uh, spirit speaks expression in the latter days that some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, doctrine of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisies, having their conscience seared with hot iron, forbidding to marry, and obtaining to abstain from meats. See that meats which God has created to be received with thanksgiving. Of them that believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing be refused. Uh, if it be received with thanksgiving. But verse 5 is the key. For it. Well what we're talking about. Meat. Flesh. It is sanctified by what? The word of God in prayer. If you ain't nothing but meat. And I can sanctify a cow. Hallelujah. Amen. By the word of God in prayer. If you want to be sanctified and get this flesh sanctified, ain't but one way you're going to be able to do it. Word of God and prayer. So if you're having a problem with sanctification, what you need in your flesh, because it's dirty, it ain't no good. The fact that you need to be sanctified is the fact that you're dirty. If God tell you to sanctify yourself, he's telling you that you're dirty because you can't sanctify that which is already clean. Amen. And you have to continue to sanctify yourself. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Amen. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Go down there to John 15. Watch this. John 15. Now how many of you all take baths every day? If you don't, we'll show up. Let's come the rest of this week. We'll tell you all. You take baths. And the reason you take baths is because you understand that your flesh, if you don't do nothing but stay in a room and go nowhere, and they bring your food to you, your flesh going to stink. Amen. You don't have to do nothing but go to sleep and wake up and you ain't put nothing in your mouth and your breath stink. And you can fast and ain't been eating nothing. And the more you fast, the stinker it gets. Because your flesh is no good. And I must continue to stay under a strong word to clean me. So even though I'm saved, hallelujah, I still need to be clean. Because even being clean and saved, some dirty ways slip in. Now you don't want to talk about that. And what cleans me up is the preaching of the gospel. Hallelujah. Give me John 15 and 1. See, after God saved you, now you got to look to the cleaner. You got to look to somebody to keep bathing you. When I'm here in the church, I'm here to get a bath. I need a bath. How many of you feel like you need a bath? In the Old Testament, God set up a day. He set up a day which was the Sabbath for them to stay home and don't go nowhere and separate themselves in the Old Testament. It wasn't to go to church. It was to stay home and do nothing. Because he wanted them to, to, to grab themselves and meditate and refresh themselves. And that day was called the what? The Sabbath. Not just the Sabbath, but the Sabbath. It was a separation from everything else so you can bathe your mind. Sabbath. S-A-B-A-T-H. It was a Sabbath. It was a bath for the mind, a bath for yourself. My God, somebody say hallelujah. Look down there in John 15 and 1. Read. Go to, go, go, go to 3. Uh-huh. Now ye are... Now, you are clean through the word. Now you are clean through the what? Word. Word. Wait a minute. He talking to disciples and telling them you are clean through the word. Well, that means before I got the word, I must be dirty. And he telling saints that you are clean through the word. A person who don't see the need of coming and hearing the preaching. A person who don't feel like it's necessary to sit down in Bible study and hear good word. Feel that you're clean of yourself and your flesh is good and you don't get dirty and you can give your own self a bath. The best of us get a bad attitude. The best of us have lustful thoughts and evil thoughts. Hello? 
I don't care how deep you look here tonight. I want to come where you at. And when I have that, I got to come in here so you can bathe me, preacher. Bathe my mind. Bathe my thought. Bathe my attitude. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell somebody I'm here for a bath. Tell them again, I'm here for a bath. Lift your hands and say, Lord, sanctify me. How many ever come in the church with an intent to do something, with an intent to say something, with an intent to go off, but came to church and heard the word of God and your whole mindset changed? Thank God for the bath. That's what sanctification is. But sanctification comes, it has to come with maturity. Everybody is not sanctified on the same level. That's why there's only one sanctifier in the congregation. That's the pastor. You don't bathe a baby like you bathe a teenager. As a matter of fact, as you get old enough, the pastor don't have to bathe you. He preached the word, you take the soap and wash yourself. And that's why you in the congregation, the con- congregation can't be a sanctifier and can't take the word and use the word. You can give people your advice. You can give your people your opinion. But you ain't got no business with no soap. That's us. Because right. you be done got some soap in somebody's eye. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Y'all going to bear with me a little bit? Because you can't leave a baby in the tub, he may drown. What you say? Somebody got to do him different. Go with me quickly down there, the book of John 6 and 12. And sometimes you're so anxious to give people what you got, but you don't know it ain't time. And the pastor must be able to examine the child and examine the soap. Because sometimes a person's skin is not, as a baby, is not tough enough. And you bathe him and can give him a rash because he's too sensitive. His skin is not ready for it. You got to have a special soap. That's why y'all stop trying to be pastors. Put your dial and zest up. It may need some baby soap for this child. I need y'all to bear with me here tonight. You, because you can handle it, it don't mean that person can handle it. Yes. Hallelujah. John 16, 12, read. When they were filled, uh-huh. he said unto his disciples, uh-huh. gather up the fragments. Is that John? 6 and 12. 16 and 12. I have yet many things. I got many things. To say unto you. To say unto you. But ye cannot bear them But I'm, I'm wise enough. That's why everybody can't have the soul. Because a preacher has to be able to discern when they're ready for it. So he's a sanctifier through the word. And he says, I got a lot to say to you. Read. How be it when he. You can't bear them now. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth is come, is come. He will guide you. He will guide you. Into all so the truth. pastor 
can look back and say, she ain't ready for that yet. He ain't ready for that yet. And you can tell when you can kick certain things in. That's why the saints must know you're not a sanctifier. See, there are certain messages that you control by your growth, whether or not I'm going to give them to you. You control it. When I go to start a church and go down there, I don't do every church generically. Sometimes them people ain't ready. And I don't preach it because you don't like it. Or because you're looking at them because what you think. I don't care what you think. Because people will have you pastoring based upon their thoughts and their opinions. But there's a congregation that controls what I'm going to give out based upon their level of maturity. Who controls when the baby going to get steak? The parent of the child's mouth. No, no parent on the side. The child's mouth. When he get teeth, I say he ready for that. So I'm determining what he's going to eat based upon me looking at his maturity. You pastors ain't careful, you'll lose some folk because you're just trying to feed them because everybody else feed them. But your baby may not be that age yet. Hallelujah. I got some churches that ain't got no teeth. I got some got teeth. I got some got false teeth. I got to know how to feed them. Y'all with me? Well, prove that. First Corinthians 3 and 1. Watch how I can prove it here from the Bible. What he says. And I, brethren, uh-huh. could not speak unto you. I couldn't speak unto you. As unto spiritual. As unto spiritual. But as unto carnal. As unto carnal. Even as unto babe. I couldn't speak to you as unto spiritual. And I had to speak unto you carnal, read. Even as unto babes. As unto babes. In Christ. In Christ. Uh, I have fed you with milk. I fed you with milk. And not with meat. And not with meat. For his Why? Time. Why? Read. Because of my choice or because of where you was at? I fed you with milk and not with meat. Read. For hitherto ye were not able you to You can't marry. go back to your local church and try to sanctify like I do here. I got some adults, you got some babies. And stop letting that person next to you tell you something because you haven't moved to their level. Paul said, I fed you with milk and not meat because you weren't able to bear it. And I'm going to determine what I'm going to sanctify you with or what I'm going to give you based upon your growth. Read. Neither yet now. And right now. Are you able. You ain't able. For Uh, ye are yet carnal. You're yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envy. There's among you envy. And strife. And strife. And division. And division. Are ye not carnal. Are you not carnal. And walk as men. And walk as men. Hebrews 5 and 12. See, you got different kind of meats. Write this down. You got meat. You got strong meat. You got milk. Milk. Sincere milk. You got all kind of children in the Bible. He names them. You got newborn babes. You got babes. You got children. You got little children. They're not on the same level. And sanctification must be based upon 
what level they're on. Look at Hebrews 5 and 12. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, uh-huh. ye have need that one teach you again, uh-huh. which be the first principles of the oracles of God, uh-huh. and are become such as have need of milk. Of need of milk. And not of strong meat. And not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk everyone is... Everyone that useth milk... Is unskillful uns- in the word of uh, righteousness. Uh-huh. For he is a babe. Yes, he is a what? Babe. Babe. Come on. But strong meat... But strong meat... Belongeth to them. Belong to them. That are of full age. Of wait, not just of age, of full age. You got a newborn church, you can't give them strong meat. First thing you want to pop out is a Christmas tree. First thing you want to pop out is this and that. And those people ain't even grown yet. You got to let that baby grow. Don't give them no strong meat. They ain't ready for that kind of sanctification. It got to grow. And as a leader, you got to be willing to look and say, are they ready for that yet? Are they ready now? I can give it to them. That's why sanctification don't come from the pews. It come from the pulpit. See, you're clean through the word. Well, who give the word? The preacher. You're not clean through the pews. <laughs> Y'all ain't saying nothing. Too many folk riding in this congregation got soap. And giving everybody their opinion and giving everybody their thought and giving everybody what you think. The preacher, the elder, feeds the flock. There's a difference between a minister, there's a difference between a deacon, there's one who feeds the flock. Hallelujah. A visiting minister, you're not there to feed it, you're there to exhort it. So you don't say everything you hear me say. No, you don't get up and say what I'm saying, because I'm a feeder. You don't have that right to say what I say. I mean, y'all young preachers get in the pulpit, say everything. You giving pastoral messages like you're a pastor. You don't give no demands to the church and tell folk and all. You, you're out of order. All right, give me 1 Peter 5 and 1. I'll prove that. 1 Peter 5 and 1. The elders. The, el- the elders. Which are among the you. The elders which are among you. I exhort. I exhort. Who am also an elder. Who are also an elder. And a witness of the and sufferings. And a witness of sufferings. Of Christ. Uh-huh. And also a partaker. Also a partaker. Of the glory that shall be revealed. Uh-huh. Feed the flock. Feed the flock. Hallelujah. See, a pastor has a feeding ministry. It is his responsibility to feed. Glory to God. It is the minister's responsibility to exhort. Because you don't be careful of a preacher be done come up, put up sudden that, that that cause a whole bunch of confusion and problem. And the bishop got to come back and straighten him when he come back because he doesn't want to try to go into sudden new that he don't even know what he's talking about. Trying to give deep revelation and don't know what he's talking about and get all things all confused and got everybody all messed up. Amen. I know I'm talking heavy now. So it is the pastor's job to feed and don't put yourself on that level. Second Timothy 4 and 2 
and this is this is, let me let me say this. And this is another thing that we have to respect as pastors. Because you pastor a congregation, you pastors have limitations. You're not feeding everybody's flock. You're feeding the flock that is among you. So if Ellis Singleton invites you to his church, somebody else invites you to his church, you have to be careful where you go. Because you don't know what level those people are on that he got. You don't go there and sing in Bible verses like you at your own church. He, he got new folk that just come in there, folk that just got, got in there. And so you have to be careful what you, you're not home. You're not home. You got restrictions when you cross those lines. Now the bishops ain't restricted like you restricted. He can say whatever he want to say when he get there and get uh, y'all with me. So don't you try to do like your bishop do. Y'all ain't saying nothing. If we could all do the same thing anywhere we wanted to go, there wouldn't be no need of no bishops, no ministers, no elders, and all that. See, you got to know that your title come with some restrictions. And there wouldn't be no need of all these officers. Everybody can do whatever they want to do when they want to do it. And say whatever they want to say when they want to say it. Amen. Y'all ain't saying much. Lift your hands up and say hallelujah. I'm talking about sanctification. Look at this. There's a bishop's message. There's an elder's message. There's a pastor's message. There's a minister's message. Read what he says. Read it, read it again. Uh -huh. Preach the word. Uh -huh. Be instant. Yes. In season. Uh -huh. Now go back to first. Go back to first Peter 5 and 1. The elders which are among you, uh -huh. I exhort, yes. who am also an elder, uh -huh. and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, uh -huh. and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Uh -huh. Feed the flock of God, uh -huh. which is among which you. Which is where? Among you. Your flock is what is among you. That's why you don't go and trying to go over to members that Bishop McLeod is pastoring and tell them things that they're not doing that you're doing. And trying to pull it for other folk to come from one church and one district to another. <laughs> Campaigning. That's a lazy preacher. Go get some sinners. Stop fishing from other people's churches. Bishop McLeod is a builder. Bishop Brookshire is a builder. We go out there in the hedges and highways and get them. And you around here picking a booger, trying to tell somebody this is wrong and that is wrong. Picking out something wrong in that local church, trying to campaign members. And let me tell you what, there ain't going to be no holy over there with you than anywhere else. People got hell in them, got hell everywhere. Politicking. Like you Biden and Trump. Drawing disciples over to yourself. We are one body. You don't know what that man going through with those folk. You don't know why he dealing with them like that.
Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Ain't no need of y'all looking at me funny. I'm down here now. So you have to be careful with that in Acts chapter 20 and 28. Hallelujah. See, we don't, we don't have these problems. The bishops and I don't have these issues and these fights and debates and all those trying to draw the sight. We don't have that. But some of y'all have it. Right in the same body, talking about other bodies and other churches and other, you can't do that. You got to feed the flock that is among you. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Get me Acts chapter 20 and 28. What it says. Take heed therefore unto yourselves uh-huh. and to all the flock uh-huh. over the which uh-huh. the Holy Ghost. God, uh, the Holy Ghost. Have made you overseer. Uh, God made you overseer where you at. He didn't make you overseer over Bishop McLeod. Y'all ought to say something here. Some of y'all have become lords over God's heritage. Don't want the ladies to look at nobody but the ones in your church. Another man come from another district. Now we teach that the man ought to be the head of the house. Another man come from another district. He got to come over there to you and you in the same body. Stop that foolishness. Amen. 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 Look at verse 2. Feed the flock of God. Uh huh. Verse 2. Uh huh. 5 and 2. First Peter. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight, therefore, not by constraint. Not by constraint, but willingly. Mm-hmm. Not for 50 lucre, but of a ready mind, neither being a lord over God's. Heritage. Those are not your people. They are God's people. The pastor has to sanctify the people based upon where he sees their act. And if Bishop McLeod or Bishop Brookshaw or Ella Singleton or whoever Ella, uh, haven't indulged into certain information to that member, and you see that memo have not come there. You don't go there. Oh, Bishop ain't tell you that wrong yet. Oh, they didn't tell you that yet. You see, you don't do that. Because you don't know what he waiting on. It's like I got a baby over there and your wife pull her breast out and told him to give my baby milk. Amen. Come on, somebody. Y'all ain't saying much, but I'm talking about sanctification. 
There's a difference between, get Hebrews 13, 22. When a minister preaches, he ought to reaffirm what his pastor spoke. Reaffirm it. Amen. All right, read. And I beseech you, uh-huh. brethren, yes. suffer the word of exhortation. A word of what? Exhortation. Exhortation. Exhortation is a word of exhortation. There is jurisdiction in the church. There is jurisdiction. We have jurisdiction. That's why we have this district and that district and that district. And I have all of these districts. Not that you can be divided and say this one is that one, this one, that one, that one, that one. That's not why. But so that even the local pastors will know their limit. Some of you local pastors are acting like bishops. There's a sanctification process. And you respect your bishop like he is your pastor. Your bishop sanctified you. You sanctify the church. And you have, look at, look at, look at the book of Titus chapter 1 and 5. Titus 1, Titus 1 and 5. He ordained elders in every city. Elders have a city. Look what it says. For this call uh-huh. left I thee in Crete. Yes. That thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting. Uh-huh. And ordain elders in every city. And ordain elders where? Every in city. every city. You're not for the state. You're not for the district. You're for your city. And so you handle issues that are in your city. Don't jump over there in Ellisville. Y'all ain't saying nothing. My, my, I'm talking here. Our days, elders in every city. Uh huh. As I, as I had appointed, you got to know how to tell some folk. Talk to your pastor. You know that's how we are. Somebody come and come over to this uh, sister so and so call. Everyone was like that. And we don't have that jealousy and envy. And amen, when the bishops come, I want them to talk to some folk. Y'all, I have 300 sets. I'll even all say, hey, talk to bishop. I'm off this week. But you pastors, you're pastoring in that level that you are because that's all that you can handle. And we have determined. Based upon your knowledge in the word, you're able to handle this flock. All right. And that's your scope of your responsibility. Because your soap is for that congregation. That's what you sanctify. Because you don't understand those people. There's no way you can understand those people that have been with that man 365 days a year. And they come tell you a half for the story. And then you looking at the bishop like he crazy. Say, why are they doing them so bad? He's been putting up with hell 365 days a year. And they come to you in a convention and tell you something for five minutes. And you, you're convinced that the bishop done done them wrong. He know what they need. And know what level they're at. And where they are. Hallelujah. My God, can somebody raise your hands and say hallelujah. Lift those hands up and say thank you, Jesus. 
So the bishops, as we speak this week, we're speaking with power and speaking with authority and rebuking. But now, see, you, you can't rebuke another pastor because you're on the same level he is. Amen. You can advise him, but you can't rebuke the bishop, but the bishop can rebuke you. I'm talking about sanctification. My God, you ought to lift your hands up and say hallelujah. Lift them up and say hallelujah. Lift them up again and say hallelujah. Say, Lord, sanctify us through your word. Go down to the Romans chapter 15 and 20. 15 and 20. Yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel. Uh-huh. Not where Christ was named. Uh-huh. Lest I should build upon another man's foundation. I'm not trying to go where Christ was named. If some of you pastors spend as much time in the streets as you do in other pastors' churches, your church will be full. was not preached lest I start building on somebody else's foundation you have to be careful of that sanctification is specific. did you not know and I want you to get this did you not know there's a milk that is produced for a child that only comes out of the one that's pregnant with it I believe that there's a word that a pastor has for a congregation that's like no other person in that congregation. And that's for the newborns. So a newborn baby got to have a different kind of milk. First Peter chapter 2 and 2. And you ever notice you got people in the church too. And you all watch this. I'm talking about sanctification. You got people in the church. They can't get along with people that have been in the church 10 years. But the minute a new baby come in, that's the one they gravitate to. Somebody that's weak, somebody they can get in their corner, they reach for them because they're trying to build something for themselves. But they've been in the church 15 years with people that can't even talk to them. That's people they're trying to raise up a coup. They're trying to overthrow the church because the people over there already know who they are. The people that have been there years know who they are. But they run for the babies. And there's a group that anybody that gravitate to the past, anybody that loves the past, that gravitate to the past, there's a group that go head for them. I'm talking sanctification. I, I say this because there's a lot of people who have been lost in the church because the proper methods of sanctification have been, not been taking place. There are different levels that people are. Get First Peter 2 and 2. Read. As newborn babes. As newborn babes. So you got a newborn babe. Desire uh -huh. the sincere milk There's of the word. There's a sincere milk. There's a different type of milk. That newborn baby needs that sincere milk. That milk that is only produced, hallelujah, from a mother. It don't come from a cow. It come from her. And then when, when you birth souls in the kingdom, that's why sometimes you can have problems out of folk. Sometimes you get these folk that, 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 that went from place to place and place to place. You got to watch it. You got to watch it. You think you got a baby, but you don't got a plug bit at you. 
you got a newborn. You can't put newborns on everybody. People that just freshly came in the church, you don't need everybody dealing with them. There are newborns fresh in the church. Then you got a newborn babe, then Romans 2 and 20. 2 and 20, come on. An instructor of the foolish, uh -huh. a teacher of babes. Babes, you got newborn, you got babes. 1 Corinthians 3 and 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes. Babes, so you got newborn babes, you got babes. First John 2 and 13, read. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. Uh -huh. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked you one. You got men and young men, uh-huh. I write unto you, little children. Little children. Then first uh, John 3 and 7. Little children. Little children. So I got children, little children, babes, newborn babes. I've got men. Hallelujah. I got all these different levels of people within the church. Now, that's one thing that you have to remember. Sanctification cannot come without consecration. Because there are some words that you want to give people that they're not able to bear them. And sometimes we try to give a spiritual message to a carnal church. Anytime you're going to preach certain things and to sanctify a congregation, before you sanctify them, you better consecrate them. And give them a consecrated mind because the things that we're saying that are spiritually are so deep that a natural man won't receive them. In fact, there are things that we're teaching that are foolish to people. And you have to realize when they look foolish to them because here you all been calling all year long and you all done just come from a volleyball game and now you want to teach people about holiness. They're not, they're carnal. You build a congregation to give them certain things. You build them spiritually to feed them certain things because they can't handle, get 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Corinthians the third chapter, amen, second chapter rather, and verse 13, look what it says. Which things also we speak, not in the words which, which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, uh -huh. comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Uh -huh. But the natural man receiveth not the, the things. The natural man receiveth not? The things of the Spirit of God. The things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness. They are foolishness. Unto him. There are things that I'm teaching that are foolish, and a natural man can't get it. Read. Neither can he know them. And he can't even know them. So there are things when it comes down to sanctification that a man can't receive and he can't even know them. Why? And all because he's not spiritual. We need some fasting and praying so that we can give some sanctification messages. Because to try to preach sanctification to a carnal church, it ain't going to happen. That's why fasting is important. Praying is important. Before I get down and give a good hard message and I know where I'm going to go hard I start telling the folk let's fast let's consecrate I want you to get fast because I got something up in the take and I know your flesh can't handle it sometime before I have certain meetings with people I say y'all fast and then come see me in three days and let's talk whenever God got ready to present himself to people and this is why sanctification is so important 
Because there's some places that God ain't going to come until it's sanctified. And if we really want to move of God, we got to get some sanctification in the church. Anytime God calls for sanctification, look at Exodus chapter 19 and 10. Read. And the Lord said unto Moses, uh -huh. go unto the people yes. and sanctify them. Sanctify them. Today and tomorrow. Uh -huh. And let them wash their clothes. Uh -huh. And be ready against the third day. Uh -huh. For the third day the Lord will come down. Go, so why do I need sanctification? Because the Lord want to come in the midst of us. We fail to get the presence of God and the power of God because there's no more sanctification being preached. When you clean yourself, God does not like to come in the midst of a dirty environment. So we have to preach sanctification to get God in the midst. In fact, God told Israel, when you're at war, I want you to put a pedal on the end of your weapon. If you got a sword, I want a shovel on the bottom of it. Because I'm walking through the camp and I don't want any dung in the camp. Dig a hole and bury it or I won't come in the camp. That's physical. If we really want to move of God, church, let's work on sanctifying ourselves. Anytime God told somebody to sanctify himself, it's because he wanted to be in the midst of them. And so when I hear the word of God, let that word clean me. Let me pull off this and take off that. And whatever the word, you know, there was a time that we were word conscious. And when we came in the church, and sanctification is not a one-day thing, you're going to be sanctified the whole time you're in the church. Because there are things that God will reveal, and God will reveal that you have to let go and turn loose, and they come in with it's a process. But somewhere along the line, people stop being sanctified. They just hear the message and say amen, and it don't affect them. It was a time when you came in the church, you heard things that you had to give up, you heard things that you had to stop, and you know you were doing those things. And when you heard the word, you went home and threw it all away. But now people don't have that attitude no more. They'll preach to you and say amen and go right back to the house and do exactly what they're doing. But we need sanctification. Look to that word and say, if that word tell me I need to do it, I'll stop it tonight. I'll do it tonight. Some of y'all had all kind of mess when you got saved. All kind of stuff that you were wearing. And you wore it and wore it and wore it and wore it up until the day the preacher preached. And when that preacher preached that, you didn't have no problem with going back home and taking it. And you said, I'm not going to give it away, I'm going to throw it away because I don't want nobody else to have it. You didn't have no problem with going home and getting rid of it. You took this off and took that off and took this off and took that off. And now you're going back to the same thing that you got delivered from. Amen. Sanctification needs to come back in the church. This is what I live by. And if God wants to say I got to give it up, I'll give it up. I'll turn it loose. I'll yield it up. That's what sanctification is about. Because I'm trying to get ready. I'm trying to get ready for the rapture. And you're not ready where you are. You still have dirt in you. And God ain't going to have no funky, musky bride at no wedding. My God, you're going to smell holy, you're going to be holy, you're going to look holy, you're going to act holy. And if I find that I don't have all those things going on now, help me get ready. Preach to me until I clean up and straighten it up. How many of you can smell your must sometimes? Come on now. Don't y'all act deep here. 
How many of you praise the Lord sometime every now and then? You see some of those waves coming out. And you know you're not ready yet. That's why you need more word. Now here you are. Know you need a bear that won't come to Bible study. Know you need a bear that won't come to Sunday school. Know you need a bear. You're running from a bear. I need to be holy. I need to be sanctified. Preach to me. You know you need a bear. And you texting and talking while I'm preaching. You need this word so you can clean up. Ephesians chapter 5. Yes, Lord. 5 yes, and 25. Husband. Husband. Love your wife. Love your wife. Even as Christ also. Even as Christ also. Loved the church. Loved the church. And gave himself for it. And gave himself for it. That he might sanctify. That he might sanctify. And cleanse. And cleanse it. it with the washing. With the washing. Uh-huh. Of water, of the water, by the word, uh-huh. that he might present it to himself uh-huh. a glorious church. This, this, this uh, he had husband love your wife and Christ loved the church that he gave himself that he might sanctify and cleanse it by the water. Did you know this is the love of God coming from this pulpit? He loved you so much that he can sanctify you with the washing of the water by the word. This is this where every time we preach, if you really would look at this, you're getting ready for your wedding. You should take every service like a bride that's going to get ready for a wedding. You should bathe yourself. You, when you hear this word of God preach, you should say, hey, I'm getting ready for my wedding. I'm getting ready for my wedding. This is the attitude that the church has to have. And we've got to go back to respecting this word as the thing that's getting us ready for the rest. Hallelujah. I need this. If I need to take this off, if I need to get rid of this, help me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God, tell somebody I need this word. Tell them again, I need this word. Tell them I need this word. Tell them I need to be sanctified. Now, can I tell you something? There are different levels of sanctification in the church. There are different levels. In Numbers chapter 6, there are different levels of separation. There was the there was the the, the the Levites who were separated, and then there was the Nazarites that were separated. Look at the book of Numbers, chapter six and one. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, "Yes, speak unto the children of Israel, uh-huh. and say unto them." When either man or woman shall separate themselves to vow a vow of a Nazarite, uh-huh. to separate themselves unto the Lord, yes, he shall separate himself from wine and uh-huh. strong drink, uh-huh. and shall drink no vinegar. Now listen, listen. Everybody else was able to drink in those days. But the Nazarite couldn't eat no raisins, couldn't eat no grapes, couldn't eat no cucumbers, couldn't eat no watermelons. Anything on the vine, and they was in the same vicinity, but they were not, amen, in the same consecration. I want to say this everybody that's in the church or everybody that's in the fellowship is not the bride of Christ. There would be some people that will make it that are not the bride in eternity. No, yeah. There will be. Because you have the wedding, party, and you have the guest. Some of y'all ain't getting married. That's why you don't feel like taking a bath. Because you ain't in the wedding anyway. 
That's why you don't feel like adorning yourself. You just a guest watching. Sometimes we read Matthew 22 as he's talking to the bride. But you don't invite a bride to her wedding. Look at Matthew chapter 22 and 1. Read. And Jesus answered and said unto them, uh -huh. again by parables, and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage for his son, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, yes. and they would not come. Again he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, and my fatlings are killed, uh -huh. and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it. Yes. And went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. Uh -huh. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Yes. Then said he to his servants, uh -huh. the wedding is ready. The wedding is ready. But they which were bidden were not worthy. Those that was invited to the wedding not worthy. Uh -huh. Go ye therefore into the highways, uh -huh. and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. Yes. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, uh -huh. both bad and good. Uh -huh. And the wedding was furnished. And the wedding was furnished with guests. With guests. With guests. You're not a guest at your own wedding. There will be some folk that are just guests. Why? Because they haven't adorned themselves, they haven't prepared themselves like a bride. And so when you preach the gospel and you see some folk that don't have the urgency to get changed and to clean themselves up, don't worry, that ain't bride material. But only those that are bride feel that urgency. Everything the words say, I'm trying to do it. Everything the world, I'm trying to get myself cleaned up. Because when you go to a wedding and you're the bride, you're not just trying to be dressed. You're trying to be properly dressed. My God, you're trying, you're trying to put on your best. Amen. You see, and so there are some things that the bride got on that other women in there don't have on. My God, the bride got on a veil. The bride got on a long dress. The bride got on a train. Y'all ain't said nothing. Yeah, yeah. She got on a little more clothes than everybody else because she's the bride. Amen. And some of y'all ain't worried about you. You ain't the bride. But the bride got something different. Got a different standard. Got a different way they live. A different way they act. A different way they do. Don't worry about these people that won't conform when you preach the word of God. That's not the bride. You're preaching to people that are disobedient. Don't even try to make an effort to do it. It's not in them. It's not in them. They come to church, they hear it, they hear it, they hear it, they hear it. It's not in them. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to make guest brides. Hallelujah. My God, that's about like trying to go down there to somebody and say, come here, will you marry me? No, we can't make a guest bride. But there is a chosen people in the church that will be obedient to everything they hear. There is a chosen people in the church that won't give you no problem, won't give you no attitude, won't snap the next. When they hear it, they say, the word said, do it. That's the bride. That's the bride. That's the bride. Some of you all going to get caught up and realize that you're not in the wedding party. You're going to be sitting at a seat watching us enjoy something that you couldn't have enjoyed. Everybody don't get the same reward. 
And I don't know about you. I ain't making it that far just to be in no crowd. My God, hallelujah. I ain't making that for that I can't get up there and kiss him. My God. I ain't making it that for Oh, glory to God. Somebody say hallelujah. If the Bible say we're going to be kings, we're going to be king over somebody. If the Bible say we're going to be priests, we're going to be priests over somebody. I waited too long to see him. I'm not going to sit around here because I'm unwilling to obey. See, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I want you to get this. I want you to understand this. What God is looking for is an obedient woman. God is looking for an obedient bride. When a man, hallelujah, got married to a woman, he left and went to work. And he left that woman in charge of a, a, a man who was considered uh, the bridegroom's best man. And what his responsibility was is while the groom was working, his responsibility, amen, while the bridegroom comes to uh, Terry, they all summoned and slept. And then it talks about one uh, that says, uh, uh, and at midnight a cry was made, behold the bridegroom coming. Now let me tell you what, so you had the, the, the bride, you had the bridegroom, and you had uh, the best man who was left in charge of the bride. And what his job was to do is while the bride was gone, to give certain commands and give certain orders to that bride. Glory to God. See, they didn't have cell phones and stuff then, and they didn't know when the groom was coming. But he would tell us certain things that he wanted her to fulfill before they get married. He would go somewhere to fulfill his duty. He would go somewhere to get her a place. But then he would also want her to have some things done there. Particularly, most times, they left that woman in a field. That man had a vacant piece of property, and her responsibility was to grow food in that vineyard while that man was going somewhere to build a house oh my god you got to get the concept and so the man is gone but then he's coming back to check his field and the bridegroom is able to, the, the best man when he come back and say you know what I, I, I tried to help she would she, this girl here she lazy she wouldn't go out in the field she didn't do nothing and the bridegroom said well I don't want her cause she been with you and if she can't do what you say I know she can't do what I say she don't have me no food our job is to evangelize and, and grow the field and the preacher is God's best man and we're preaching to you and based upon how you respond to us God gonna say if you can't obey him I know you can't obey me because I'm good to you I delivered you I'm good that's the point of a pastor to watch over your soul that they may do it with joy and not with grief and based upon some of your attitude and how you act you won't be making the wedding I need this sanctifying word. Help me, preacher, get myself together. Tell me something that I need to do. And even if it hurts me, even if it bothers me, I may have some time getting it together. But oh, help me clean myself. We don't need just more sermons and messages, we need words of conviction. Word that's going to cut the heart. Word's going to make me love everybody. Word's going to make me examine myself. Word that's going to make me fall back on the altar. Oh, we don't have conviction messages no more that people are convicted and they bring them to tears and they get off the altar and say, I got to get up and make changes. But we need more sanctified message. Yes, we've jumped. Yes, we've shouted. Yes, we've run. But God, I need something that's going to make me live holy. I need something that's going to turn me back to God. I don't want to just be a church member that's jumping and shouting. Preach something that 
that brings conviction. Enough to make me clean up. That's sanctification. Thank God for that word that caused you to drop those cigarettes. You struggled with them. And I'm not talking about preaching condemnation. But I'm talking about preaching a word of holiness and a word of sanctification. And somebody said, you know, I need to change this. I need to change my attitude. People in years and years and years, in and out of the church, years and years, and have never, ever sanctified their personalities, never sanctified their attitudes. You've been mean 10 years and you still mean. You've been 10 disobedient since. I, I have some people in this church that have been disobedient from day one and have never changed. I got some of them I just done wrote off. I just figured it ain't. That it ain't in them to do it. And I said, God, you have to deal with them. They don't even have the heart to do it. They don't even have the mind to do it. I don't ever want to get to a place that the word can't find me and the word can't touch me. And every now and then, you got to go back and look in the mirror and say, how many times this message has been preached? And how much, how, what, have I made any adjustments? Have I made any changes? Have, have I done anything different? Am I working on myself? God, is there any development? Uh, is that word? Uh, or do I get mad when I hear it preached? Do I walk out and slam? You got people that get, actually get mad at you when you preach messages that to help them. But I need to be clean. God, lift your hands up and say, Lord, clean me. Clean me with your word. If I'm not right, find me, God. God, if I need something I need to turn loose, God, find me, Lord. Let the word find me. Let me still be sensitive to your word. Walk around a whole general assembly with an attitude. And all the presence of God is walking around in this building. And you got a whole attitude for the whole general assembly, whole convocation. Because of something you don't like. Or something somebody said. Or something somebody did. And you're going to miss all that God got for you. Because of your attitude and personality. My God, somebody ain't going to make it. I'm telling you, somebody ain't going to make it. Amen. But I'm going to be one of those that's going to make it. God, humble me in your presence. Humble me in your sight. Let this word, and I don't intend to come to no church for two weeks and leave the same way. I'm not going to be coming out here no 14 days and go back with my attitude. I'm not coming out here for 14 days and go back and still give my pastor problems. I'm not going to sit down here 14 days and end up and leave here going to hell. I've got to have a change. I've, you've got to touch me. You've got to convict me. You've got to change me. There's something about the presence of God. There's something There's something about the presence of God that when God is present, it makes a man hide himself. He becomes conscious. I ain't right before God. And he hides. Adam never had a Bible. He never had a scripture. But he understood when God was coming in the midst of me, I need to hide my flesh. Come on, Eve, put on something. God is in our presence. And I don't want my flesh seen in the presence of God. How can you sit in the presence of God and see your flesh and not hide it? 
and say, God, I need to change. How can you hear all of this sanctified Holy Ghost preaching? Walk in with an attitude, walk out with an attitude. How can you hear all of this preaching and teaching? Walk in here convinced and leave out convinced that you're right. How can you sit here all this time? The presence of God is not just to make you shout. The presence of God is not just to make you run. But the presence of God is to make you run for cover. When God came in the garden, the presence of God made him run for cover. If my flesh ain't right, if my attitude ain't right, if my perseverance ain't right, you know what we have? Too many churches that people are shouting and running and jumping, but you're not running for cover. We need a message that's going to make us run to the altar. I said, I don't like my flesh. Adam heard that preaching. Oh, say how could it He heard that preaching. He heard that presence of God. You know what he said? I'm running. I'm running. I'm running for cover. I need to cover myself up. I don't like where I am. Some of y'all just as boastful and pride with your nasty, wicked, lying, backbiting. Crooked ways. I'm not talking about nobody condemning you. Nobody had to say nothing. Adam noticed himself. And if you're in God's presence and can't feel conviction and you know you're wrong, you better see if you're alive. If messages can be preached like this and you have wronged the pastor and have wronged your brother and sister and have had these personalities and you can walk out 14 days without saying I'm sorry something wrong for you and if you can sit in here mad at me cause I told you what the bible say something wrong with you cause I know the presence of God is here too many of us have felt the presence of God too many of us have fell to the altar and say God I need help God I need you to touch me God I need you to convict my heart hallelujah and you mean to tell me you're going to sit here stubborn and you're going to sit here something is wrong church he's in our presence run for cover run for cover sanctify me clean me wash me Sanctification made Adam say, Let's go hide. Let's go and put on something. And God respected that. He didn't like what he did, but at least he had the respect to respect the presence of God. He said, I heard you, and I know I'm not right. I know I need help. And he hid himself from the presence of God and God said Adam where are you 
We need messages that will make us run for cover. Messages that will say, I don't like the way I look. Oh, I'm not just talking about physically. They say, I don't like the way I look in the presence of God. I'm not good enough to be in his presence. I'm not worthy enough to be in his presence. But God, if you'll take me and get me from under these trees, get me from under these fig leaves, I know I don't have the clothes to cover me. I don't have the proper clothes to cover me. I just tried to do as much to respect you. God said, I'll make you a cover. All I need you to do is tell me where you at. What leaves are you hiding behind? Now see, I want to tell you this. God don't want you to tell him where he at so he can find you. He didn't need to find Adam. He showed up in proximity of where he was. And said, Adam, where are you? They was at least in talking distance where he can talk. So God knew where Adam was. Because the eyes of the Lord in every place. But all God want to do is hear it from you so he can help you. All God want is you to tell him where you at. And when you tell God where you at, then God can help you. He already, now how foolish is that? He already know where I'm at. He waiting on you to say, this is where I am. This is what I'm doing. God is going to separate the bride from the guests. And there's a group that's going to usher in this year. Now, I've told y'all about this year. I told you before it come where we at. All these people talking about Biden, Biden, Biden. You better watch it. This thing ain't over. This country heading for a sinking ship. And a lot of demons been talking to some of these people that's doing this, like this Paula White who calling African demons, African angels, whatever she want to call them. Angels for Africa. Now, if God sent them over there in Africa, who she is over there to send them over here? And if they come, Trump got a wall. <laughs> She doesn't call for a spiritual Kenta, Kenta Kute over here. You can't see the races in that. It's racism in that. Call for African angels from Africa. What to help the, the black folk learn how to vote? Who to vote for? What, the Afri- what angels from Africa? Why you get them from Britain or, uh, or Europe? Why you want African angels? I guess you say call for some bad angels. Get some Negro angels. Because <laughs> the Negro angels, I guess they can, they can burn stuff down in the spirit. Huh? <laughs> Demonic tongue. Did it, 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 did
Hickory dickory dock. He did it, 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 Foolishness. 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 But God is confusing the spirit realm. They have used sorcery and witchcraft to pull things out the spirit. But they're confused because the, the demons are confused because they don't know what's going to happen. Because some, uh, 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 even though they got this buying thing, the fact of it is we got to fight for happen. And even if they try to sell it in these next three or four months, it's a problem. All of your, four of your high-ranking military guys have re resigned. And you don't know, you see, if the president decided he don't want to leave, it's the military's responsibility to throw him out. But he doesn't change the top of the military. Four of them done resign. That favors him. This country is in the midst of a turmoil. And these are the things that I have prophesied to you before they come. We have been talking about it for years. That red horse. And, and you sitting up here see it unfolding. You're not in the dark. Y'all see this stuff unfolding and you're calm. Happening all around us. I don't want just another church service. I don't want it. I want sanctification. I want a word that purges. I want a word that cleans. And God, make me soft again. Make me sensitive again. Let me say you this and then I'm going to close. And I'm going to pray. And then we're getting on our knees and praying. God, sanctify me. Let that word soak in. Let me become sensitive again. I'm, I'm afraid... I'm afraid of what people are. Uh, God said something, and I want you to get this. There will be a group that's in the church that's been there for years that won't be saved. It will not be your faithful followers that have followed you for years and years, the ones that men are going to be saved. Forty years, the children of Israel went in the wilderness and followed Moses and not one of them went in only two there's something people that there's something about people who follow a long 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 time if you ain't careful you'll get so common with it they get so sensitive with it it's just common meat I watch as things grow and you watch and I'm watching that in the church you're watching the level of enthusiasm the level of love the level of of, 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 of sincerity about God don't lose that the Bible said Jesus told them say the prostitutes and harlots going to go in before you they're going to go in why because John came preaching you wouldn't hear it Paul told one group that your ears have become dull of hearing we laugh at standards now it's like a joking thing we pick at it. We laugh at it. The things that we used to hold dear to our heart, we laugh at them. You know, oh, uh, 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 and we, we put things on, on Facebook like we're joking about. Them. You ain't vote today. 
This is doctrine. Put on something you love. And, oh, you ain't going to be holy today? That's y'all, y'all, you clown about the wrong thing. You don't clown about stuff like that. Oh, don't let the man of God see you with that. that you, you clowning. That, that ain't no joking stuff. This is holiness. This is our doctrine. This is what we believe. Take it serious. Hold it dear to your heart. Thank God for sanctification. Stand on your feet, everybody in this building. Everybody in this building. Everybody in this building. Let me tell you this. In these two scriptures I'm going to read. Now, in this last days, you hear me? You're going to see the spirit of Antichrist. Now, listen to me as I talk about this. And you need to become alert in the church. Because as the church begin to grow and as the church begin to grow towards the end of time, Satan have to raise up people in the congregation who have antichrist spirits. That means they oppose what you teach behind the scenes indirectly. First John 4 and I'm going to, well, get First John 2 and 14, 2, 2 and 15. There is a group that love the world. They haven't yet let it go. They sit in the midst of the congregation. They say, and I want you to hear me because I'm, I'm making an altar call tonight. Tonight is a night of laying out before God and crying out before God and icing God, let this word sanctify me. Let me become sensitive to the word again. Let me become sensitive to the word. Let me be to a place, God, that I see the need of preaching. I recognize and respect what it does. This gets us rapture ready. Everything I don't have, this word gives me to get. Everything I need to do, this word gives me to get. And I just, I, I, can't, I can't listen no more when you go back to your church. You can't listen no more just for feel good and goody to it, high five and shake your neighbor's hand. I need this to help me get ready. First John 2 and what it is? 15. 15, look at it say. Love not the world. Love not the world. Neither the things. Neither the things. That are in the that world. That are in the world. Let me get that love of the world out of me. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Read. If any man love the if world. If any man love the world. The love of the Father uh -huh. is not in him. Uh -huh. For all that is in the world. Uh -huh. The lust of the flesh. My God, when I heard the gospel preached to me, there was a thing that I had for stuff that I loved in the world, that I cared for in the world. But when that gospel got preached to me, I gave it up. I didn't love it no more. It wasn't good to me no more. Look how many things that you came in here. Some of y'all came in here drinking and smoking and partying and dancing and all those particular things that you had and you gave them up. How many gave up some stuff when you got saved? Let me see your hands. You turned loose some stuff. 
You yielded it up. You gave it up to God. You was able to relinquish it in, in a minute because of the word of God. And you lost the love for the cares of the world. Look what he says. Read. And the lust of the eyes. Yes. And the pride of life. Uh-huh. As not of the Father. Yes. But it's of the world. Yes. And the world passeth away. Uh-huh. And the lust thereof. Yes. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Uh-huh. Little children. Listen to this. Listen to this. Little children. It is the last time. It is the last time. And as you have heard that. As you have heard that. Antichrist. Antichrist. Shall come. Shall come. Even now are there many. Even now are there many. Antichrist. Antichrist. Not in the world. We talk about that one antichrist in the world, but there's a lot of antichrist in the church. There are a lot of people in the church who have voices that are convincing other people about backsliding. Conversating to one and each other. Going back. Talking about turning around and encouraging others to go back. Having all kind of conversations. Doubting the gospel. Doubting the doctrine. Those are antichrist spirits. All over the body of Christ, there are these spirits. Antichrist don't want to just go back himself, he want to take somebody with him. There are many antichrists. Look what he says. Whereby we know that it is. This is how we know it is the last time. Read. They went out from us. They went out from us. They were not of us. They were not of us. For if they had been of us. If they had been of us. They would no doubt have continued with us. They have no doubt have continued with us. But they went out. They they went out. That they might be made manifest. Uh Uh-huh. That they were not all of us. Uh Uh-huh. But ye have an unction from the Holy One. Uh Uh-huh. And ye know all things. Saints hold fast to the gospel. He promised us in the last day that some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to so in the last day there will come a great falling away. I don't want to be a part of that falling away. I want this word to still have reverence in my heart. I want to hear this word and still it's important to me. I want to hear this word and still get to the point, God, the word has it, it touches me, it convicts me, it makes me change. Thank God for the shouting messages. Thank God for the jumping messages. Thank God for them. But God, I thank you for that message that cleaned me up. I thank you for that message that makes me think again. I thank you for that message that brings tears to my eyes. I thank you for that message that makes me look and see how bad I've been and make me want to make a change. Holy convocation is not about you feeling good. It's about you living good. It's not about you feeling good. It's about us coming back and remember where we have fallen from and remember where we have run away from God and said, God, help me to get a grip again. Help me to grab a hold of again. Help me to remember how sensitive I was when I came to the church. Pastor preached to me and a lot of you, I didn't preach. I gave you instructions. Son, don't do that. Stop it. You're wrong. You're an error. You could rebuke people and they wouldn't get attitudes. You could rebuke them and they wouldn't stay home for weeks at a time and get mad or come to church pouting because they wanted to be saved. And I'm not talking about nobody being nasty. I'm just saying you could sit down and break the word down to people and open the word. 